Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to Your Questions Answered. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by Gareth Morgan from What Culture to answer all of your burning wrestling questions. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We'll review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AW Dynamite, pay per views. We have interviews, more roundtable discussions like this one, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, I'm Adam Wilborn, joined by Gareth Morgan to take on the Q&A community and answer all of your questions that you sent us on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. I'm at Adam Wilborn. Gareth is at GMorgan04 if you want to continue the conversation after this podcast. But let's dive straight into it, Gareth, uh, and get this question from regular contributor Hugo. I really like this. What wrestling trope would you banish forever? And why is it the weak AF security guards doing absolutely nothing to stop chaos? There are many bad wrestling tropes, but what's top of your list and what do you reckon to what Hugo said there? Uh, I mean, that that was one that definitely springs to mind. Like it's, yeah, it's just frustrating. It's like, why, why, why go through the trouble of bringing all these people onto the payroll and just having them just stand around and get thrown all over the place because they can't do the jobs. But <laughs> I think, I don't know. I think for me, I think it's more of a WWE specific one, but still, still involved in wrestling. So still, it still definitely counts. But it was something that we saw on Raw this week where somebody that's been signed to the company and has been very much on company television for a certain amount of time, just not necessarily on one of the, one of the big like quote unquote main roster shows, mm-hmm. then popping up on one of those main roster shows and being treated like a surprise mystery person they've never seen in the life, like <laughs> Piper Niven. It was just like, oh, who is this? Who is this person? I think somebody put it on uh, Twitter or Instagram or something where on WWE's like YouTube or like on their suggested videos or something, you had a video of Piper Niven against Rhea Ripley in NXT UK. And then just above it, I think they must have typed Piper Niven WWE into YouTube. And then above that, it was just like, mystery partner helps even Marie. It's just like, oh, it's t- you're trying to get us to watch all these, these, let's say, smaller shows, these shows that need a bit more of an audience. And you literally just turn around and go, no, no, no I don't need to watch the mystery person. Who's this? We're going we're to rebrand them, change everything up. It's just, I don't know if that qualifies as a trope, but it's just a thing that consistently happens under the bean. It's, I, don't know, I don't know if it's a way of, 
trying to make people feel special and fresh but it's just like it you just you either feel insulted if you know who the person is and you've actually spent your time to watch NXT UK or another brand or I, I you, you've never seen them before and this is either introduced and that in itself is just terrible because you're just like oh it's just a just a mystery body that has not they've not even like in advance let people know they were going to be there it's just it's odd very odd yeah it's, it's the inconsistency with it all as well like when the shield debuted for example they didn't go they're the bloody hell are these guys they went oh my god it's Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns from, from NXT. It's, the, it's those guys. And yet inexplicably with like piping in. Or for example, like when they went, this is my new associate. This is Commander Aziz. And everyone went, that's Davicato. That's who that is. Now I get it. That's just another random name they assigned to him. But you could say that he's been, you know, brainwashed by, by Apollo Crews into this role. We, and but you could have to acknowledge he was on Raw. We all watched him on Raw Underground. It's it's yeah. So especially someone like Piper Niven, um, who's who's had such a track record, and you know, half the time they will present someone of like you need to know who this guy is. That's this is the person, and this is what they've done. And it, all it takes is what a two minute, like you say, like oh, in case you don't know who this person is, she was dominant in NXT UK. She's obviously you know somehow formed an association with Eva Marie, but. You know, yes, it was demonstrating against Naomi, and Naomi shouldn't have been the sacrificial lamb there, by the way, but still, mm. it was demonstrating. But yeah, and what Hugo said about the, the security guards, like, you and I have been on many nights out in rough areas of, of the UK, and I can think of a lot more threatening bouncers than half the security guys who are clearly just people from the performance center who they've told to wear a black t-shirt or whatever it may be and take a few bumps for me this this was sorry really quickly that ruined me for bouncers on nights out for quite some time because i kept every time i got shoved i kept throwing sheep punches and they didn't go down so it didn't yeah it didn't end very well for <laughs> me i was like well no you i know you're six foot three you meant, have you not watched raw you should go down go down now didn't work like with the uh when Shane McMahon ran through the security when they were doing all that bollocks with Legacy oh, in the days. Keith Lee, that one, it. I don't want to, like, I don't want to mention it because if I don't mention it, then it's it's an obvious one we've missed off. Hmm. Obviously, the surprise roll up. It's, that's that's Simon Miller's bread and butter. But especially when they do a surprise roll up and they don't like really, there was a, there was a, a, a victory roll clip of, uh, I think it was Kerry Von Eric, one of the Von Erics basically on, on Squared Circle just today, I saw. Does a victory on proper, just tightens in mm. to make it seem, seem like, oh, bollocks, I wasn't ready for this. Oh, and I can't get my weight in the right position and I can't kick out or whatever. But it's when it's just so like that cadaisical and just like, yeah, I'll just I'll just lean my arm and you just because someone else's music's played, suddenly you forget how to be a professional wrestler. Yeah, there was a really good one on NXT this week with Tyler Breeze. Like, yeah. he, he literally just lynched, like, he got it cinched in. You were like, oh, that, yeah, I, I, I would accept that because that he just locked it in that tightly. And somebody, mm. I think it was Fabian Eitner, just couldn't get out. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. That is legit. Mm, exactly. And then they just went, oh, see what Antonio Gogo did with the flag. Let's just do that with an Imperium flag for some reason. But I also want to mention, because you and I are avid fans of UFC, of mixed martial arts. And it's the it's not the no selling of submissions, or the you know I I I can have that disconnect in my head of, well if someone had an arm bar on someone in that long in the UFCs, there someone's arms getting broken, I can I can disconnect those two things because that and then the, the the scrape and the claw for the for the um for the ropes and what have you. It's less that, it's the fact of when you do have a submission, sometimes people just sort of like go oh that hurts a bit, and you're like well. I, it's a submission. It's meant to, you know, you're meant to be 
trying anything you can, you know, perfect example is like it, Brock Lesnar. If Brock Lesnar can sell it when he gets put in the calf crusher and he's like, I've got to smash AJ Styles' face against the mat just to break, get me out of this. Otherwise, I can feel all the ligaments breaking away. It's, it's, it's that selling, but it's also the fact of if they haven't accommodated for that's going to factor into the finish. I remember Hampler getting furious at a takeover, a couple of takeovers ago. It was Gargano Kushida. And Kushida worked over his arm and worked over his arm and arm bar and, you know, all that hoverboard lock, you know, for, for a minute or whatever it was. And then he just hit his finisher that he uses his arm to, to, to get leverage over the top rope. The one final beat just did that part of it. Yeah. And and it, oh, so, did, so it's all better now, is it? Yeah. And you see, like you said, like in, in legitimate kind of combat, if you do work on something or you like, if you hit a calf kick, like that's become the, not to go off on too much of a tangent about MMA, but like in recent times, yeah. calf kicks have become a thing where you isolate that calf. Everyone who maybe is just a general fan of MMA probably watched the Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier fight. And in that fight, they get kicking his calf. He got to a point where he couldn't stand on it. And that's, well, it was some legitimate selling at that point. He couldn't stand on it. So like, <laughs> come down when he, when he did get hit and sparked on the jaw, he had no balance. He dropped to the floor. He got knocked out. Like, it doesn't take, you see that happen with like more moves. I don't know. I mean, you're just working over a leg, you're not doing submissions. You do tend to see that a little bit more, I guess, in wrestling. But it's something where I, I and again, this is, this is something that I understand there's a fine line between doing the actual move and hurting someone, which I, I read something the other day, obviously, about when Ann Anderson spoke to John Cena about when he started to, doing the STF. Early on, he was actually hurting people because if you see John Cena's biceps, like that, you get caught in between them. Even if he's just messing around, it's like getting caught between two massive bricks. Like even if you're just playing, it's probably going to work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it got to a point where they had to say to Cena, just just like rest up a little bit. And now he got loads of criticism, saying people saying, "Oh, that SDF doesn't look like it really hurts somebody." It's there is a fine line. Like but I do get frustrated sometimes when somebody whacks in a triangle or something. You can see the legs are just loose, mm. and I'm like, "Well, yeah, okay, I don't need to hurt him, but." It, just get a bit more snug with it. Like, I, I don't know. It's it's one of the, the downsides of being a big fan of MMA when you watch wrestling. Mm, yeah. You're like, oh, I just, I want to see, oh, I don't know. I, I don't want to see anyone get hurt, but I want a bit more realism in that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, let us know on Twitter what are the worst wrestling tropes ever because there's there's so many to choose from. I'd love to know your thoughts on this. Uh, you talk about NXT there. Sarah Louise Buglas, great to hear from you again, Sarah. Uh, of course, recognising the fact that you are a resident NXT expert, you do NXT ups and downs, not only for the website, but of course, for the YouTube channel every single Wednesday. I had to double check there for a second because my calendar's all over the place and time has no meaning right now. Sarah says, though, since taking over ups and downs for NXT, what would you give the ultimate yellow highlighter to cheeky second question what one storyline would you change on the brand well let's start with that first one first of all for those unaware explain the the yellow highlighter and uh, yeah your favorite thing since you've started covering it well it was it was something of a tribute to the the person who formerly hosted nxt mr adam cleary he had his yellow jacket of the week it was his like the the highlight moment simon miller's got his golden up um cleary had his yellow jacket and i couldn't find anything in my room that was yellow. <laughs> so, <laughs> I opened a drawer and there was yellow highlighter in there. And I thought, oh, highlight of the week. Just one of those happy accidents. Like the other week, I, I couldn't find anything to put in the squash zone in terms of fruit. So I picked up a, a mini Oscar that I've got, which is currently here, which I know this is a, a, an audio podcast. <laughs> and that means nothing, but it's there. Yeah. So not to go on too much of a tangent. That's what the highlighters are. Um, I, the, the biggest, well, yeah, the biggest yellow highlight since I've had control of uh, ups and downs uh it's a tough one because 
I was a big fan of. I'm a big carrying cross guy, obviously. Mm. So I, I know that that's that's blasphemy in some circles. Like obviously, not everyone's a big old fan. Speaking to you, Michael Sidgwick, not the biggest fan of old carrying cross. <laughs> but I was. I really enjoyed. I don't even know the give it yellow highlight of the week. Cause I don't even think I was, I was there that week when it was happening. It was one of the one weeks I was off. It was a couple of weeks ago now when uh, Simon Miller, I think jumped in for me to, to do that show. But I think it was the cross baller match. Cause I just, I, I, I love the physicality of it. I thought cross brings something different hmm. to NXT right now, where it's in terms of it's, it's the legitimacy thing. He, he, he brings a, a brutality. Like you could say Pete Dunn has that as well. I think Pete Dunn, Definitely does have that, but I think he's got a bit more swagger about him, and he's a bit more of a. He, he's got a lot more cheekiness than what than what I think he lets on as a character. Pete Dunne, so I feel like he, he falls into a different circle. But with Cross, he feels like he combines that that otherworldliness with your judo and your your, hmm. your striking, your muay thai, and it's just a nice amalgamation of everything I like about wrestling with the MMA stuff, and obviously the the when the otherworldly stuff's done well, not <clears throat> finish kind of stuff but you know, in that kind of ballpark so when he had that match it was just like ah oh, it feels like a real this is him laying down his marker and then they just threw into a nonsense five-way in your house thing <laughs> afterwards yeah well i think i'll give that my biggest highlighter of the week because i didn't get a chance to i think as Good a pop out when i didn't when i did my videos that, that'd be my biggest one of the week what was the what was the other part of that question what storyline would you change on the brand index <laughs> so no no-brainer it's a no-brainer for me not an index. This is a running thing. Everyone knows in the comment section, ups and downs. I get I get blasted for it every week. It's just not for me. It's just yeah. not for me, mate. Like it's one of them. I, there'll be some people out there who who tune in solely to see. Oh, is it going to happen? Will they? Won't they? I need to see in the outwell and the the creepy Dexter Lubis get together. But it just I don't <laughs> I don't feel any empathy towards either of them because I feel like one of them's a heel that is doing very dastardly things every other week. And then gets heartbroken and gets really sad about it. And then the other one is being presented as well. They're seemingly trying to present him as a baby face who kidnaps people and massages women against their own will. It's yeah. I don't know why you should care. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. it's tough. It's really tough to. This is the beauty of it. This is the thing of, of I always try and caveat whenever I talk about something like Alexa Bliss uh, or Lily or whatever it may be. There is clearly an audience there. Mm. Um. Don't I'd judge say, anyone for liking it. If they like I'd it, great. Index is slightly less divisive. I, and yeah, and I think it's fair enough. There's there's some issues with it. Um, there's some issues with like continuity of like, she sees the, him listening to the power ballads and the tear stuff. That was great. But then she doesn't watch the show back to see that it was a platonic hug with pop, regardless. Um, but yeah, then, then the same with like Karen Cross. I sit here and I go, oh, I quite like it. And then the Dadly Boys aren't fans of it. And then I read your ups and downs or, or watch your ups and downs or whatever it may be. And, and see there's, there's, a, there's a market for that. Mm. I think people will assume that if I'm going to pick the the ultimate, my ultimate yellow highlighter thing for the last, let's say six months, for example, yeah. that I'm going to say Cameron Grimes. And obviously I love him. And maybe if he'd won the million dollar title, although there's a great story there now for me. Um, maybe I'd pick that and I, the, 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 the vignettes and stuff that they had with that, whether it be him and Ted DiBiase or him and uh, an LA night trying to impress Ted DiBiase, whatever it may be. I loved all them. I'm going to do a really, really wide, uh, a, a wide scribbling with this yellow highlighter. Cause I'm going to say literally everything Everrise has ever done on NXT yeah. because they're the ones that, again, I really like me and the Dadleys really like, I think you like as well. Yeah. Big fun. Big fan. 
and I look at other review sites or websites or whatever it may be, and like the observer just goes, yeah, and Everise does some bollocks, and then uh, they move on to the next thing. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You're missing the the real genius of this. Of like they're doing the the pre pre show, and and I, I think it was what two weeks ago, maybe. I just love them that from the moment they 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 realized Kevin Owens was like, no, you guys won because of a DQ or whatever. They're like, yeah, we're the best in your face sort of thing. Up until going, hey, what, what you got a problem, Raquel Gonzalez? What, are you going to take a swing? And then she just lays one of them out. And then they're having this feud now with, with Hit Row. Hit Row's one. Hit Row's one that we don't like, really, me and the Dadleys. Mm. There's someone there, but it's like, mm, it's what they someone else thinks is cool. But then other people I see going, I really like Swerve and and and, and Swerve is obviously incredibly talented, but Hit Row, it's, I love this is the beauty of wrestling and the divisive nature of it all, I suppose. Yeah, and it's that, yeah, I definitely agree with in terms of like Hit Row specifically. It's like there's elements there that are going to work, they're going to click at some point. They're not fully clicking yet. I don't think they've been given anything to really get the teeth like sunk into yet. No. Like it's just, it, it's not been given that space to breathe. They've just had the odd little promo the odd little squash match and it's a bit like we're going to take everyone out but we're pretty much just going for jobbers right now and they're just, they're just setting the stage I think once we get into something the Everise thing you're probably going to squash Everise or like run through Everise but that's fine because that's the role Everise can play and not get damaged by and that, that's that's the thing if you find that niche in WWE where you can literally just get battered every week and still <laughs> get over you're, you've won you've done it like you don't need to win to get over it's like one of those weird things where and I think that's where they, they, they'll absolutely come into their own when they do get called up. Because that'll be one of those things where Vincent Mann will look at it and go, oh, buddy, 50-50, we don't even need that. Let's just throw them in. Because like, I, I, love, I love lovable losers. And that's what yeah. I mean. Like, it, it could be one of those things where later down the road, they do get a nice Heath Slater Rhino run where it's just like out of nowhere, they suddenly go for the titles and win the titles. It's a nice feel-good moment. With Hit Row, I think Hit Row are going to be probably going after the belts, going after, I think, it's going to be very much depending on how this whole Santos Escobar, Bronson Reed stuff goes about. Because I think Santos is in a position where he, I'm going on a massive like tangent here with NXT stuff, but it's fine. But I think it's all dependent on if Santos wins, because I think he's in a bit of a weird spot right now where he's lost yeah. a couple of big title matches. And he's he could say he's on downward slide in terms of form, but he's definitely high up in the company's thoughts right now in NXT. Mm-hmm. And he, Legado may be on the verge of a call up. You never know. If that happens and Bronson Reed retains, then I can see an easy transition there into a nice feud with Hit Row and just have that going forward. Like, obviously, just having him, the one-man army, taking on this entire team mm-hmm. and having to overcome that. It's a great babyface story. I'd like that. But I think they're trying to mold Hit Row to be that big stable now going forward. I think a few people are probably going to get called up. I think it's when we get near that draft season, which is probably going to be after SummerSlam now, I think we're going to see a big shift. I don't think the Samoa Joe stuff was the... I think it was just merely the beginning of the... Uh, the shift, that's the word, the shift that we're going to see in NXT over the next couple of months. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be Big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Well, let's continue with the questions that we got sent on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE, at Adam Wilborn, at GMorgan04. As I said, if you want to ask us more questions, CHF Omega, talking of call-ups, says, will Ricochet ever come on top in the main shows or do you see him leaving as soon as possible? Ricochet is is heartbreaking to watch every week for me on Monday Night Raw, as much as I have to sit through that god-awful show every Tuesday morning. (laughs) But will he ever get a push again in WWE? Because... He's, you know, somebody worked with him in WCPW and Defiant and, and, and witnessed, you know, the heights, pun intended, that he could hit in NXT. And yet he's in the land of the giants now and they've got him nicking Sheamus's hat and coat or some bollocks. It's, uh, he's in the main event, technically. You know what I mean, he's on main event every Thursday. <laughs> Thursday, Wednesday. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'd say, that show. No, I gun to my head. I couldn't tell you when it's on. Yeah, he's, he's on that. He's getting plenty of screen time with somebody, but it's, Oh, it's again, and not to bring it back to NXT, when you saw him there on NXT, you were like, oh, I can, like, it was it was hard when he came into the company initially, you do get a little bit worried. Just WWE as, as, as a banner, as something just to blanket over everything, you think, ah, his, is he going to be able to be Ricochet? The Ricochet that we saw on like, WCBW, New Japan, all these places where you just thought, ah, this guy literally has no limits. The sky isn't the limit. Spaces, he's just insane. He could do whatever he wants. Are they going to let him be that guy? And in NXT, you, you saw that maybe... He didn't go as crazy as what he did. Like if you if you're working as long as he is and like as consistently as you are in NXT, you're still doing a schedule, a touring schedule. You probably can't be blasting out 10 million somersaults a night, kind of thing. Like you, you're gonna probably break your body down eventually. But he was still in a position where he was pulling off the odd thing. He was picking his moments. That's probably the best way of putting it. He was yeah. picking his moments and still just hitting him at a point where you were like, wow, he was the, he was the thing on your mind when you left the takeover, when you left the NXT show, you're like, wow, I see Ricochet jump over that top rope and just land on his feet. You see Ricochet do that double backflip. Oh my God. <laughs> Whereas in WWE, it's like, did you see Ricochet steal someone's hat? 
and he's making him I get he needs to craft these promos maybe a little bit more and just hone in or hone just altogether those um those promo skills I get that it's a big part of WWE you see people like AJ Styles with people like that that asterisk against his name for so long he worked on it and he's got to the point where he's probably one of the strongest people on the mic that WWE currently have let's be honest in terms of making WWE style scripting sound natural to a certain extent it still feels like AJ's version of the promo I think if he gets to a point where he can do that and they trust him to do that he might be all right, but right now you can just tell they don't. Like if he's trying to whack on Irish accents and things like that, you can tell it's just WWE in the back going, oh, try this, see if this sticks. And it's just not. I mean, oh, it's frustrating. I don't watch him as often probably as you do or as thoroughly as you do because obviously you're watching the Raw show. So I'm not sure. Like, How do you feel in terms of it? Is the hope? Is the hope for Ricochet? There is one Hail Mary for me with him if he doesn't go back to NXT that's going to SmackDown because that seems like the show where good things can happen. Uh, we did a thing about the draft just the other day, me and uh, me and Hamplot. Like 90% of our picks was like, well, get this guy off Raw and get on SmackDown because Raw is dreadful. I think the few people we moved were like maybe Bailey because she could do great things on Monday night and they need someone good like that. And I was just screaming for Sami Zayn to get to get moved onto that Raw brand and give it like, if you're like, oh, we've got 10 minutes to kill here. Sami, Sami Zayn, like... If you want to have him do a thing where Lou, the loser has to leave uh, SmackDown, whatever, fine if that's the necessary. But the draft would be great. If just And have him feed into that conspiracy. But anyway, to, coming back to Ricochet, yeah, move him to SmackDown. Maybe he's got a shot. But yeah, it's it's the old cookie sort of thing, isn't it? Of, oh, we can't just have a guy who's incredibly talented who... We don't have to have talked that much. It's like you have to tick all of these boxes. Otherwise, you are pissing about with the United States Championship, which, and I love Sheamus. And I thought when him, him beating Riddle for that was really good, but it's so, it's gone so off the rails now with like, yeah, like you say, accent. Look at me saying that, but accents and like <laughs> stealing outfits and stuff and just. And then like that, what was it last? It was last week, wasn't it? Where they were like, oh, one-on-one. And you're thinking, okay, so whoever wins this presumably goes into a match with Sheamus, maybe at Hell in a Cell or something, or Sheamus interferes and they do the old, right, well, none of them won, but none of them lost and uh, triple threat. And then they just did a, what was it, Spanish fly off the apron and neither of them can answer a count of 10. I was like, they're like a bunch of chumps now. I don't know. I think... I think he almost has to leave and come back again if he doesn't, if he doesn't move to SmackDown or NXT... Like Osprey's been completely vindicated for for the most part because like that that thing where he was up against Brock and he's like maybe you know anyone can and he just like nah that's a, a perfect personification of how they felt about it all. So I'll never forget that was our last stream in the in the old office that of um, was in the other those oh. graphics up of Ricochet against McIntyre. We were like oh could it could it can we dream oh nope. <laughs> nope. Certainly not, but so, oh, it's just, yeah, I agree with you. I think he'll need to either do a Finn Balor, go back to NXT, regain a bit of credibility and come back. I think that the minute, because Balor's going to head up in that main roster now, he's got he's got to come back at some yeah. point. I think he's done everything he, he can do in NXT again. I think when he does return, it that is a last shot. You either present him as Balor, the kind of tweener Balor that you saw on NXT this time round, or you'd, we go back to square one and Balor probably goes, nah, I'm all right with this. I'm going to head off. And uh, I don't know. That's That seems what, it seems like the route Ricochet has to go down as well. Mm, yeah, I completely agree. Um, let's talk about AEW. Great question here from Mr. Tom, who says, 
Which belt changes hands next in AEW and which is the first belt Kenny drops? Really intriguing this because obviously you've got Kenny Omega world champion, Miro, uh, recently crowned TNT champion, even more recently, Britt Baker crowned AEW women's world champion and the books, uh, of course, tag team champions and technically Brian Cage, FTW champion. But So those four, (laughs) I think uh, you kind of in agreement with, with me and the Dadleys when we talked about this a while back saying, I don't think any of these belts are going to change hands for quite some time. Um, especially in terms of, if you're looking at the elite, I've mm. got a funny feeling because I, I think it is one of those, you can't you can't hold this up to the, the standards that you have maybe of, of Western wrestling that WWE have laid down over the last couple of years and decades. It's not one of those things where, oh yeah, well, obviously the young butts are going to lose it at the next pay-per-view. They've held them for so long now. It's got to happen. It, it doesn't have to happen. Yeah. They can just keep having these incredible matches and, the the legacy grows so when somebody does finally take it away oh my god it's amazing it's this big thing but saying that i do feel like it would be if i'm gonna have to pick one of them i feel like the miro thing they're gonna have him be a wrecking ball for a bit now i think you sort of have to i guess yeah i think the people are clamoring for it i'm not done with this i I could because he can he can face it he can destroy monsters or he can destroy little people he can do whatever he wants he's (laughs) just got a lot of um He's very watchable in the, in this current character, and I'm, I'm happy for him. Hmm. But with the books, I feel like it'd be nice to see that happen because I think that would be the first... You may say it's too early. Sidgwick could probably say it's too early. But it just saw those first seeds of doubt of the elite maybe crumbling again and maybe looking at Kenny going, oh, did you not... Like, we've helped you a couple of times here. We were championship defences, specifically at the last one at Impact. We lose our belts, you know, to be seen. Like, if that does go down that route, it might be too early in AW. Everything feels too early. <laughs> it's like you probably could have done this for another six months. But if, I, if I've got my like a gun to my head, I'd say that one. I don't think Britt Baker's going to lose about anytime soon. Um, Kenny's not. I don't. What do you reckon for for Kenny's first belt? He's going to drop. Uh, I triple A maybe to Andrade, and that's. But I, I, it's like I completely agree with whoever said a while back. Um, he, it can't be the last belt he holds. He has to lose that, and then that sort of then he just goes on a downward spiral. Like he loses the AAA, then he has to lose the AW World Title. Um, we're talking today, me and Sid, about this this uh, AW Dynamite Grand Slam, and I think it's a hell of a piece of a booking to to answer. I think with Mind Runner asking the question uh, about that show and who's going to get the biggest pop, it's going to be Eddie Kingston, and it's going to be yeah. when he wins the TNT Championship at that show, which is that is when the, T- the TNT title is going to change hands. So that's like, what, September 22nd, Michael Sidgwick's birthday. So that, that's could going I, in. Could I say there's another person who may may be the only person on the roster that could rival Eddie Kingston's pop on that night? Is Negative it? one, popping up in New York. Yeah, that's a I'm really good shout. That's a, I didn't I'm even think you, about that, because obviously he's your fake father. Yeah, that's a really, really good shout. Uh, don't see him winning the TNT title though. So no. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. You never know. Britt Baker's on that women's world championship longer than the rest, any of the rest of these. I think, and me and Sid have talked about this for a while. I think both of those titles, the world title and the world tag team titles, are going at all out. It feels like the right time. It's the next big, I know they've got Fight of Airs to Fight for the Fallen and I think Road Rager or whatever it's called to come in July. But this is their next big pay-per-view. It's all out. It's got the tagline. I, keep, I don't know why I keep coming back to this because taglines don't mean anything. Where champions are made. Ooh. It's the, hist- the history that Hangman Page has at that pay-per-view is, 
you know, incredible, a wonderful story arc there mm. to complete it all. You can have in the interim, Kenny Omega defends the, the AW World title, obviously against Jungle Boy, maybe against Christian Cage, maybe even against Andrade, and then you do the AAA thing, whatever, 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 whatever. This is where the elite all comes crumbling down for the elite for me. Santana and Ortiz take the tag titles, and uh, you have Hangman Page become the world, ta- world champion, and it's a wonderful... I mean, it's also almost the end of days at that point. But yeah, really, really like that and really think that could be feasible. But it's going to be a while. Right, should we do a little speed round here, actually, as we bring this Yes. Uh, okay. Dopamine Explosion, who Scouse says, Hi, guys. I'm all up for the show. I'm not going to do it. Um, guys, I'm all up for the show that will distract me from the pain when I get vaxxed today. Oh, that's good to say in a Scouse accent. Ooh. Best luck with all that. Your arm's going to be buggered for a few days, but you'll be fine aside from that. Everyone going to yeah. get vaccinated, of course. Uh, quickly, I want to know if, aside from Braun and Joe, what are the release stars do you think return to WWE in the next three months? And that's the point when he says, by the way, I'm Scouse if you want to get in character. Uh, but yeah, what do you reckon uh, next for who's going to, re- who would you like, who who's even feasible to come back who they've released in the last, I don't know, 18 months? Buddy Murphy to 205 Live, baby. Yes. I mean, he's got yeah, a lot. Of, he's got a lot of offers. Alistair Black was so bonkers that the fact people are going to come back immediately. Uh, Braun, Braun's a hell of a shout, um, but you mentioned him there. So, oh, I mean, I want it to be the Iconics. I would want it to be the Iconics. Mm. Buddy Murphy's a great shout, actually. Maybe Ruby Riot. Yes, mm. They are. Being on the ground for women's talented female wrestlers. Still, still can't understand that. Me and Phil both said that on SmackDown. It was just like, why? <laughs> You've got no one outside of like your top three women. It's just like, oh, it's just, yeah, pointless, pointless release for me, that one. Um, Painted Pavati, I'm not just doing this so I can do accents, but Painted no, Pavati right. says, G'day from the land, Dan Anna. Uh, this is a more wrestling podcast question. When do we get to experience Phil and Gareth painfully reviewing Raw and Adam and the Dudleys giving us a, yeah, this is quite all right for a SmackDown review. Perhaps swap for a couple of weeks. You wouldn't swap that for the world, would you? No, you can't pay me enough. Cannot pay me enough for that. That's, uh, yeah. No, thank you. No. <laughs> I mean, it'd be fun for an experiment, maybe one week, just to, to see how like how long our psyches hold oh. up. But uh, yeah, I'm quite happy with, with Monday Night with... Raw, like meth, not even once. <laughs> no, not even once. Just don't, because that's it. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. One, yeah. one of them done. That's no thank you. Uh, John, Josh Fletcher, sorry, Josh asks, oh, he seems to get this question all the time, but I love asking every single one of our guests this. Uh, he says, with Raw's range dropping and AEW getting more press with their new Forbes article, how long do you think it will be before AEW beat Raw in the ratings, if ever? I mean, right now, it is a chasm. Uh, granted, it is because Dynamite's on late on a Friday, blah, 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 but they are doing horrible numbers there. And Raw, inexplicably, is holding pretty firm, like 1.7. I think they did. I don't, I don't know about the demos. I'm just disregarding all that. Yeah. That has um, to be the next target for them, though, hasn't it? For AW Dynamite and and what have you? It's mad. It's mad that that does have to be the target right now. That, that's that. That's just a testament to how much they've grown as a company, like so early on. But uh it's a weird one because I think as soon as Raw gets a bit of star power back, like if Becky returns, if Brock comes back, if all these little superstars like Jen, I know like uh, Devon's a WWE superstar, but you know what I mean, bona fide superstars, and if they get some real 
I don't know, they start really giving a crap when people come back. In fact, I think fans being in, you, you underestimate how much just having fans in an arena makes a wrestling show watchable. Dynamite over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's on a Friday and it's coming up at like whatever time it's on. But just seeing people in the audience, it's like, ah. Oh. NXT this week, just seeing people, hearing people, it's like, oh, just feels, I'm, I'm enjoying this more now. I, I feel like, obviously we have to do because it's our job. But as a general fan, you're like, oh, I want to come and watch this again. I think yeah. that happens to be that have a massive impact on those Raw ratings. So uh, that in turn will probably get push it back a little bit. Maybe a couple of years, maybe two years, two, two three years until we get, it's all depending on what happens to AEW. They bring in a megastar. They bring in Brock Lesnar or CM Punk. Everything could change. <laughs> yeah, I I hope they do. Not just because I'm a paid AEW shill, as I'm often accused of being mm. simultaneously, whilst also being a WWE paid shill for some reason. Uh, it's uh, it's not. It's because I want that pressure on Raw. Because I know that they panic and just hotshot bollocks half the time when that happens. But they have to realise something needs to happen to be the catalyst for them to go right. And I know there was the thing the other day from Andrew Zarian saying, like, they are going to make wholesale changes. This product, I promise, will improve in six months' time. It just needs something. So I don't think I don't see it happening anytime soon. But they were, like you say, prior to the pandemic, they were trending in that direction. Uh, Final few questions. Greg Lim says, do you see Bobby Lashley versus Roman Reigns down the road for Survivor Series? Um, I'd enjoy that more than now than what I did when it happened a couple of years ago and it was just a bit kind of thrown together like, oh yeah, I remember Bobby Lashley is actually pretty good. That's just throwing him in there with Roman. That's the kind of attitude they went in with it. Whereas now they've both been built as big world champions. I'd, I'd quite like to see Paul Heyman and MVP going at it as well. Do you know what I mean? Just, it's, Ooh, yeah. it's just got a few little elements. It would have been even better if they had the Hurt Business behind them and you had the Usos on the other side. He could have had an all out just war. It would have been great. But yeah, I guess I guess I'm happy to see that. I think things will look very different by the time we get to Survivor Series, though. I've got a got a funny feeling. Just repeat my fantasy booking: Roman Reigns versus John Cena at SummerSlam, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, champion versus champion at Survivor Series. As much as I don't want to just see Brock giving this out for no reason, maybe it's a different kind of Brock. Maybe it's an actual mm. babyface Brock. Roman Reigns versus Edge at the Royal Rumble. Roman Reigns versus The Rock WrestleMania 38, and he beats them all. And then in yep. the meantime, find anyone you can build. Big E, Keith Lee, Cameron Bloody Grimes. I don't care. Build a suitable babyface to finally take the title off him at SummerSlam, the site of it all beginning, what, what would be two years ago at that point. Right, final question today, Gareth. Uh, comes from John Richards. Was Samoa Joe genuinely released or was it a work like Drake Maverick. A lot of this coming in following Samoa Joe's reappearance on NXT this week. Um, I think the fact WWE haven't played it up that he's been re-signed. Like, do you know what I mean? On NXT, it wasn't a thing like, oh, we've re-signed Joe. Joe's come back in to be the... It wasn't presented that way. Whereas with Maverick, it was... He didn't a contract. Do you know what I mean? Like, they, they made a big thing of Triple H coming out going, oh, you're back, man. There's your contract. It was it felt closer to being a work there. With Joe, it does just feel like, oh, no, we could still do something with it. Should we get him back? <laughs> it feels a bit more in that kind of ballpark. I I don't give them... I'm not willing to give them the credit of it being a work at all. <laughs> I think that the way it happened, the the fact that everyone else... I know, obviously, with, with Maverick, a lot of people left with him originally, but just, I don't know, the fact that he was the, the top name as well that got released at that moment, it was... Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think it was. No, I, I, you know, I'm the first person to accuse it bloody everything of being a work. And 
the negative press they received. Obviously, they would have received negative press if they'd have kept Joe and fired all the other people anyway. But mm. in particular, the negative press of like this guy tried his damnedest to keep that show on the road when WrestleMania just was all over the shop at the start of that that you know weather affected first night. And yeah, if that was the plan all along, why wouldn't you just write him off? raw or make a big thing of like you know what maybe i do want to get back involved and you know i know they sort of blatantly teased it was going to be joe we all kind of knew it was going to be joe mm. by the time it rolled around to it yeah and, and the fact that we seemingly report every day even though you know some things happen some things don't but we seem to report every sodding day that they're like yeah we i know we sacked braun Strowman and alistair black and and you know the zelina vega thing and stuff but maybe we'll bring them back i was like yeah they don't their left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing half the time they literally had Alistair Black seemingly ready and waiting to go with a big E storyline. And they went, yeah, get rid of him. So, no, as you said, I think they've summed it up perfectly there. Don't give them that credit for being that smart. They just fire people and then go, oh, actually, I needed one of them. Bring it back, bring it back. Or they're doing the even worse tactic of, yeah, but if I sack you, then I get, I'm in the power position to dictate wages it's all about the money and it's cost-cutting. What a load of bollocks. But, yeah. They, they must have offered him something interesting enough in terms of a pay packet and creatively for him to come back because that boy he was not short of options let's just say that that's a very very valid point but let us know your thoughts on whether Samoa Joe's release was a work by WWE uh, and your thoughts on all the other questions we've answered today at what culture uh, WWE where you can also, also continue today's conversation uh, you can find both of us on Twitter as well you can find Gareth Morgan at gmorgan04 you can find Adam Wilborn at Adam Wilborn, find us all, as I said, at What Culture WWE. Love doing these. We'll do a load load more. So if you want to get them, you want to enjoy these podcasts, What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. But this has been your questions answered. Once again, my thanks to Gareth Morgan. Thank you for all of your questions on Twitter. Apologies if we didn't get around to yours. Trust me, I'll try to next time. But thanks for listening. Thanks to Gareth. And we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.